Coming up, Matt breaks a lot of equipment. I shoot non-sports photos. Assignment desk, someone did something very, very good. Masterclass, we will ask you to do something. Move on to a question. Talk about Red Bull thing. It wasn't all that great. Episode 80 is next. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! Konnichiwa, this is you, Vocal. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audio-visual entertainment, please go to patreon.com slash blfs, and that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash blfs, and show us how much you love us because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. Matt Cohen, News. News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month, or three, and we talk about ourselves because we're egomaniacs. It has been a while, and uh, I did actually say on uh, Training Ground that both Matt and I have been very busy. We did take some time off, but we're back, and this is December. And uh, we just had a conversation about the future of DSLR and sports photography, but we won't talk about it until a bit later when the D6 is officially announced, and also probably the Canon 1DX Mark V, probably, right? No, I don't think that's the... I forgot which one what Canon's are. Is that how they're doing it now? Isn't it not 1D... I don't care. Uh, I think so. I think it's like 1DX Mark V or something. So yeah, I think that'll be a quite interesting topic. And that probably should... You should definitely listen to that one because I think we will have some interesting takes. The rise of the Micro Four Thirds. Micro Four Thirds? Not Micro Four Thirds, is it? I think they just call it mirrorless. The mirrorless. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> or the evil camera. It's so funny that people are like this is the new thing this is what everybody is talking about and i have no interest whatsoever no knowledge i haven't read anything about any of this i just don't care but it will be an interesting thing like once yeah we will get more info on this because like i think for us sports photographers it's not a concern as of this point but i think yeah it's a really interesting topic to talk about because once we start talking we probably won't be able to actually stop so let's don't do it so the past couple of months, bad shoot, good shoot. Have you had any? I didn't have any bad shoots. I, it's, I've actually been having a lot of fun shooting recently, mostly hockey. But I did have a really bad shoot. The way they assign holes at the Sharks games to shoot through the ice has been changed a lot this year. And I've ended up with a really good spot for almost the whole time that I've been shooting. But then... The Oilers came and everybody wanted to shoot McDavid. And so the rink was just overflowing with photographers. And I got a spot that I didn't like very much. And as I was going out to shoot, I noticed that my keyboard was sticking on my lovely MacBook Pro. Like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this. So I went out to shoot and a stick came through the hole and hit my 24 to 70 and 
broke it pretty seriously. It didn't, it like doesn't zoom anymore. So I had to take that in. The R key on my computer just kept sticking and kept sticking. And I had to like copy and paste to finish my captions, which was really ridiculous. So then I knew I was going to have to take my computer and I knew I was going to have to take my 24 to 70 in. And then the next morning, as I was editing the rest of my pictures from the night before, the screen on my MacBook Pro also died. So I'm sitting here with a dead computer and a dead lens, and I didn't want to buy a new MacBook Pro because I knew that the new ones were coming out pretty soon. It was a whole big mess. I ended up taking this one, or my old one in, buying a new one, returning the new one, and then when the new 16 inch came out i got a new 16 inch so it's been a adventure and then also i yeah i bought the 16 inch because at that (laughs) point it was either buy you know prior year new or buy the brand new one and the new one uh has a video card where you can get eight gigs of video memory which is really cool so i got the top just the whatever the top configuration was and it's pretty nice i have to say Uh, i was i don't know close to four grand oh my god yeah the only thing i didn't get was the eight or the what's the top four terabyte hard drive which i really would have liked to have but is it four or eight i think they might have one with eight in it no i think the top is it it's four yeah okay well whatever that one was like six grand or something like that i did not get that one um, but yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Um, you know, I like it a lot better than the last one and hopefully the keyboard and the screen will last for longer. Yeah. Um, but you bought the other one quite like you bought it the day it came out. No, the 15. Oh yeah. 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 Cause I waited on that one and I, I got it now. I got the 13 inch without the, um, whatever that, that bar, thing at yeah. the top. I already, you know, already had my problems with this. Well, thing, a couple but... things. Yeah, a couple things. Speaking about the touch bar, I finally got tired of having it and not knowing how to use it. So in the middle of all of this, I had to stop editing with... I think one of the reasons why I've been so busy recently is all of this tech stuff. But in the last three months, I've had to move everything from Aperture. Right now, I'm using Photo Mechanic Plus uh, in the beta, which I like quite a bit. And I figured out... Because it's a modern program, you can link it to the touch bar using a tool called Better Touch Tool. So I have a lot of shortcuts programmed into the touch bar and using shortcuts on my trackpad. So my workflow, even though now I'm using a one program to catalog and one program to edit instead of cataloging, cataloging and editing all in the same program like I was doing with Aperture, mm-hmm. my workflow is actually faster now using two programs because I've used these shortcuts and the touch bar and the trackpad to automate a whole bunch of stuff and to have the tools available without having to go click on things. And so things are a whole lot better for me now, not using dead software and having this automation in there. So yeah, the touch bar as it is really sucks, but if you get better touch tool, uh, which is not a very expensive app, uh, makes things a lot better. So yeah, I think I'm just going to wait for the 13 to come out and I'm going to make that switch because I'm a bit sick and tired of this shit. But I think it's got more to do with like, I don't know, just the entire construction of the the laptop, you know. But whatever, it's fine. Like it's, you know, what are you going to do at this point? I think it's funny that you and I are sitting here talking about laptops and DSLRs and everybody else is talking about tablets and mirrorless. We might be old men. But the thing is, yeah, but I think in the future it will be, I think if the workflow becomes more 
touch-oriented thing. The Wiki people could just like do it that way yeah. very fast, and it's fine. But you need a keyboard when you're like if you're especially like if you're sending like stuff from the pitch like or the rink like you really need to like have keyboard and you need to have connections uh you know um ports yeah. really to actually stick things in and it has to be i don't know but that's probably the only thing really that's lacking from the the tablet right now because i think for instance like a lot of like agencies like use legacy softwares to upload their the photos from photographer's place to the agency and like it's just you know they have to then like redevelop all these softwares for whatever tablet that they might be using in the future and at this point like everything's working as is they don't really need anything more so they're not going to develop anything that they don't really need i think the consumers are really going towards you know the micro four thirds <laughs> the mirrorless cameras and tablet and things like that but for professionals you want to basically like i don't know you you're you can do your work easily with what you've got right now so why would you change it we will be forced to change when for instance like i don't know apple doesn't make any more laptops or nikon and canon only starts making um mirrorless cameras that's the when people have to change but until until then and it also costs a lot of money as well to change everything so um i did a lot of non-football non-sports things of which i did a lot of uh portrait shoots and one of them was with uh kylian bappe who plays for psg um he's french and yeah and i got to meet him and everything and the thing is like with when you're shooting famous people it's not the, it's not my first rodeo to to say with fa- uh, shooting famous people because I do quite a lot of portraits for Japanese magazines you got about 5 minutes to do a shoot so you have to be absolutely 100% prepared so basically the guy comes here you know what you're going to actually tell him to do you are also going to have to get it right in 5 minutes i've actually even had one i have 1 minute to do there are like stories i've actually heard from like movie premieres movie, like i think like when new movies come out like they rent out an entire floor of a hotel and each room is like different agencies or different magazines they'll basically like the actors actors and actresses will actually go into these places and they'll have an interview and a photographer basically apparently they has like one minute to shoot or even less so it's kind of like that and you do have to have you have you do have to be really prepared everything has to be set up the lights pose everything and you've got that time to take as many patterns as possible but you have to also make sure that one shot you had you're going to use for the cover or whatever it is has to be perfect so it is really it's really stressful but at the same time it's quite a lot of fun because you don't really get to do that kind of stuff on a regular basis i will be going to puerto rico probably by the time this is out i'll be going to puerto rico, i'll be in puerto rico doing a story on baseball again so that should be quite a lot of fun it's not like i'm not really staying away from football at this point but it's like come a bit bored <laughs> you know like i've been doing it for such a long time and like i i still like it but also a it doesn't like make that much money if i just go to matches and b it's just yeah it's like you know i've been there done that's like what more is there to do at this point it's not like every single match you go to is gonna have a fantastic amazing will happen it just doesn't happen anymore like that or it doesn't never really so yeah i'm a bit of a not in a cross crossroad but i am kind of rethinking like what i'm going to be doing in the future because i don't want to keep on doing this like going to shoot 
matches because it doesn't really i don't know like professional football or professional sports per se it's just a bit boring you know it's the same shit all the time so amateur sports is a lot more but the problem is you don't really get that much money doing it so we'll see how it goes anything else to add no i would just say that um you know this is all these changes that are going on now you know they're scary they're scary changes for some people you know for quite a long time i've viewed my job not just as a photographer but also kind of helping my clients figure out what pictures they need and how to use them and how to get attention and social media and things like that and that's really not the only answer but that's really been my answer for all of this because what pictures pay from from pro games or whatever anymore is it's just less and less and uh, you know i'll give you Mm. a good example of of hockey so i shoot hockey for icon icon distributes themselves but they also distribute through ap and getty but very recently the league said that icon couldn't distribute through ap anymore and obviously that's getty flexing their muscles and saying we want all the money from hockey because they're the official partner with the league but some papers don't have getty and ap in fact more and more of them don't so when my pictures aren't available through the ap that cuts my sales a lot you know like it's i don't know exactly what the impact is going to be because it's just recent but it's going to hurt, you know, it's going to make going to shoot hockey games less profitable for me, which is going to mean I'm going to do them less, which is going to mean I'm going to have to find either other things to shoot or other ways to make money from the pictures that I already have. And, you know, since I've been operating like this for quite a while, it doesn't really bother me all that much, but I've talked to a lot of people recently who are maybe still hanging on at a wire or at a local paper or something, but who realize, oh, why are they asking me to go get interviews? And why are they asking me to do video? Being a straight up professional photographer is going to be even rarer and rarer than, than it used to be. You know, it's not just like, you know, the final refuge was always, oh, well, you could just go be a wedding photographer. But as iPhones get better and people, care less there's going to be even less jobs like that to have so um, you really need to have your eye on other things and other ways to make money off of what you're doing rather than just taking pictures and then handing them to somebody else to go send well that's kind of like what i thought when i started this whole business and i've really foregone the whole taking portrait thing but i realized about three or four years ago that I was getting a lot of work for portraits and I realized like I'm really shit at it so I did actually work on it quite a lot and I basically tested it at work as well you know kind of once you kind of get used to it like my my cousin actually told me which is a really good thing because he's really into photography he's not a professional he's an amateur but he knows a lot more about photography than I do like he's just a big nerd and he's just wealth of information that I, I have no idea what he's talking about sometimes he just knows so much more than I do but he said that like if you're gonna like use for instance like any sort of like lighting just like use one light modifier and just stick to it and that has actually like made it a lot easier for me to learn how to do the whole lighting thing so if you are a sports photographer and if you really want to like start shooting portraits and like that would actually really be my advice just like use one light modifier and the, the setup for instance like i only do like one light 
thing. That's what I do. And I only even use one lens to do it. So I made it very, very simple. So everything is kind of under my control. So I, I know what to do. And if you like start introducing a lot more lights and different lenses and things like that, I'm just like not smart enough to be able to handle that kind of stuff. So maybe in the future when I get a bit more better, then I will probably start moving on to like having more lights and yeah, maybe different lenses and things like that. But for now, yeah, that's actually worked very well for me. And like Matt said, like I think if even if you're a sports photographer, it is probably better that you can actually do other things as well in terms of taking pictures. I think it's super, super, super important going forward. Because I think like doing like that kind of like high pressure uh, sports portraits for famous people, that would actually be something that if you actually have it, like you can really take it anywhere with you, you know? So that is it for now. And then we shall move swiftly on to not training ground. Where are we going to move on to? That's been a long time, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, to uh, do something. <laughs> we'll move on wow. to something later on. We give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening. Don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one. We had three months to do this. It's a long time. And we had about seven, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight entries. Of which to me there's a clear cut winner. And there's one that I kind of like. So, Matt Cohen, what do you think? Yeah, Alvaro's picture is the best, easily. It's great, though. It's very nice. I like it a lot. It's very, 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 very good. So if you can't tell exactly what's happening here, this is a cyclist and these are his sunglasses on, you know, not on his face. They're like on the top of his helmet. So the angle it's perfect. that Alvaro is shooting at gets you the reflection of the hands and the bike in the shades. And then you have his face below that. And because he was shooting at such a wide aperture, I'm guessing this is like a, what do you think? 85, 1.4? Yeah, it's quite shallow, no? Let's see if I can see... Uh, oh, no, it's a, wow, it's 70 to 200. Does it have the aperture or no? So he must have been, uh, yeah, at 2.8. So it's basically 200, 2.8. So he was probably at the very minimum focusing distance. So like three, three meters or something like that. I don't know if it's three feet or three meters, but whatever it is, this is very close. And so this is how you can get a 70 to 200 to look really good as if you're shooting at the minimum focusing distance and you can get the real shallow depth of field like we have here. So the reason this picture is good is because the reflection is so perfect and because the depth of mm. field is so shallow. Like it still would have been a good picture if his face nah. had been in focus, but it, no, but it's just that much better because. Yeah, because your eyes are really drawn into that part that is focused, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, it's a really good picture. It's superb. You know, everything is centered. Yeah. It's all lined up. Yeah. Nothing distracting, good yeah, expression on his face. It's well done. Um, yeah, it's it's all really good. So just, you know, quickly going through these other ones, this th- this first one I want to talk about real quick because it's kind of like, I don't know, we, we have this issue every time we do an assignment desk and it's, you can clear the bar, you can, you can satisfy the requirements of the assignment, which you've done, these are parts, but it still has to be a good picture. I'm looking at this and I see possibilities. <laughs> you know, I see a fence casting a shadow and guys walking along concrete in soccer spikes there was something here but you had to go for it more than this you had to be lower like be all the way on the ground be closer be on the side get a whole bunch of 
feet going along the same plane or something like that. Like once you commit, once you see, oh, here are parts that I want to shoot, you have to then convert that into a composition that makes sense, right? It's it's not just I got parts in a frame and then that's the end of it. So you need to think about it and try to take it to its logical conclusion. See if you can get something that somebody else who said, go take a picture of people's shoes, it wouldn't look like what they were doing. You want it to look like only what you would do. These ones by Bob Dahlberg, it's not that they're bad, you know, but if we're, if we're gonna do parts, then do part of the head because then this just becomes portraits. The idea here is focus on something small and see if you can make an interesting picture out of that. And when you do the whole face, it's kind of, again, it's just not in the spirit of what we're trying to do. If you had done, I could care less about the one with the helmet on, but if you're talking about the one with the headset on, I could definitely see making a picture with that light and that dark background and that headset into something that was maybe just half of his head or something or just so that you could see his eye and the headset or something like that but you have to be you have to look at these things and say other than just showing someone what i saw how can i make this picture more interesting how can i put my stamp on it how can i say anybody else who was in this position would not have come away with this picture and when you look at these two pictures, I look at two pictures that basically anybody who was walking around on the sidelines would make, move on, and never think about again. So there needs to be a little bit more thought in there. Mm. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything to say? This one by Simon is cool. It doesn't really strike me as a sports picture, not because there's a gun in it, but mostly because the guy's really dressed up. Um, if he had been wearing like a team uniform or something like that, I think that would have been more, mm. you know, they have shooting in the Olympics or whatever. That would have been better. I think that looking at this just looks like a rich guy away for the weekend or something i think that's the thing that i think is well done but it doesn't really feel like a bit sporty enough for me but the idea is very very good and for people who have kind of like struggled on this assignment you should have a look i mean the simon's thing and alvaro's photo are the ones you should actually be thinking like matt said like with the shadow thing like it's there and the fact that like if there are shadows and you have to like really be thinking at that point like what can i actually do with the shadow how can i actually then incorporate that assignment of parts into it and you need to like think about a bit deeper just trying to like yeah make something out of that situation but not just like clearing the lowest of the hurdles but trying to aim for something a bit higher and that requires a lot of thinking that really does and but you have to really be thinking on the spot like what you should be doing and what you can do if you're presented with a chance to you know create something interesting so i mean the reason why we actually do assignment desk is that i want you guys to really think about it like not just like on face value of like what we ask you to do but i want you you to really just think about like that's not we're not giving you the answer like we're just basically just giving you part of the answer and you have to be the person to like say okay we're they want me to shoot parts then i will shoot parts but what else i can actually add to make that particular picture of parts look very very good so please keep that in mind when you're actually doing any sort of assignment desk stuff because that's exactly what we're actually looking for now we say this every month or every three months for that matter but that's kind of how it is there just needs to be more thought involved it would be like somebody telling me that i was going out to a rodeo and their instructions to me were go take pictures of parts and i came back with portraits of cowboys and the heads of horses you know it would just be like okay yeah you did that but what about the horse's hoof as it cuts through sand and the sun is 
just like the horse's hoof is cutting through the sand, the sun is cutting through the the grains of sand that are flying up in the air. And then there's a shadow that's on the other side. Like we're giving you the target. It's up to you to hit the bullseye, right? Your target Mm. is parts, but then whether or not you hit a bullseye or not is how much further you take it in this situation. If you like using this, um, this one of the feet. So this is in between a locker room and a field right? These people are, this is, this is where they're going to be going. And so they're going to be at least be doing this four times from the beginning of the game and then at halftime and then after halftime and at the end of the game. So you know that they're going to be doing this. And especially if this is like a place where you shoot a lot, then you know, this time of year, this is where the sun is going to be. That means to me, set up, figure out when they're going to be doing it, be in a situation where your foreground is good and your background is good and you know that the light is good and you know that the people who are going to be walking are going to be walking between you and the background that you want. That's how you construct a picture, not by saying parts, 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 parts. Oh, look, there's feet. Okay, I'll you know I'll shoot down and take a picture of feet or whatever. Like, you need to plan more than this. And no matter what the subject of the picture is, the picture still has to be good and it still has to be well thought out and you have to use the light and the angles and the subject to make something in, into something that's interesting, not just the back of somebody's feet walking away from you. It's just not good enough. And that ends assignment desk and you'll have to do more in December because we're going to give you something in masterclass. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at biglensfastshutter.com. So, Matt Cohen, what are we going to ask our wonderful audience to do next month or this month? I was trying to think about what people are going to be shooting. Like we try to do outside or beach or hot when it's hot outside and now most of the I don't know. I think most of the people that listen to us are in the coming into the winter. You're going to be inside. It's going to be bad lighting. And so what I don't want to see are your pictures of you trying to make regular action pictures with bad lighting. And it's all very dark and the tops of their heads are light and their faces are dark and all the colors off and everything looks bad. So what I'm trying to do is even in a situation where you have bad lighting for action pictures, it might not be bad lighting for other kind of pictures. So if you're in a situation where you have all these fluorescent lights and they give off this green cast, then you might be able to work the green in with some other coloring that's going on to make a more moody picture. If you have like the high pressure sodium lights that are spaced out every six feet or something like that, that gives you a grid on the ceiling. So maybe you're shooting from a low position shooting up. I'm thinking about a baseball picture that I made one time. I was sitting right beside the on-deck circle and I got the batter with the stadium lights right in the background and it was a silhouette and all you could see were the outlines of the lights and then the batting helmet and the bat and his face. So just because you're in a situation with bad lighting you know, yeah, that might mean it's just too dark to get action pictures if you're at 320th of a second or something like that. But if you're in that situation and you still want to shoot anyway, 
then you can walk around. Maybe you're shooting through the bleachers at the lights, or maybe you're going up to the top and shooting the pattern that the lights make on the ice or on the gym floor or something like that. But use the bad lighting that's inside these dim arenas that you go to, to make something. So it's, it's not necessarily an action picture, although it could be, but I'm looking for you to take the lights that are in this venue and try to do something cool with them. It's not easy, yeah, because the lights are going to be very, very bad and the color is going to be awful and everything. So I think this is going to be quite a difficult one to do. And also the, if you're predominantly shooting outside, you need to find uh, indoor lighting. Or I think, can we extend it to like artificial lighting at all or no? So outside is fine, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're shooting, yeah. I, I mean, I think this is more a challenge for the people who do have to shoot inside. But if you're shooting only outside, um, I think you can still learn just as much from this. So yeah, whatever. So that is... I don't think this has to be that hard. I think that it might not be obvious to you. But I think if you go somewhere and you look with fresh eyes right? Think about shooting a sport for the first time and think about what do you want to do in any given case? And then think about the lights as the subject and then build the picture from there. It really doesn't have to be that hard. You're in a gym, there's sporting things going on and there's bad lighting. You should be able to make a picture that isolates the subject and takes the the fact that the light is bad or off color or too dim or something like that just completely out of the equation that's what we're looking for wraps up this edition of masterclass so good luck uh the thread will be ready on uh the Flickr group and if you don't know where that is please go to flickr.com and search for big lens fast shutter and if you have any questions, um, ask away. In most cases, someone actually will answer. Sometimes people won't, but there are a lot of um, helpful sports photographers and like-minded people just like you who are willing to help you with any queries that you have. And if you want to ask us questions, you have to go to patreon.com, ask us. And we haven't actually had any questions for a while. Have we? Yeah, you have to go and check out it. So you want to give it's patreon.com slash lfs that's it all right yeah. see you later so this is pledge q If you have gone to patreon.com slash BLFS and if you give us money, you can ask us questions. Because we are professionals, we should be able to answer them better than non-professional people. In most cases, yes. Except for my cousin who probably can probably answer all, my, all these questions much easier than I have. So Simon West is asking, so he says, losing my creativity. Looking back through the shots I've taken in the past few months, the rugby and football are looking very similar game on game. The other stuff I do, photographing shoots and dogs, is fine. Lots of variety and creativity there, but the stadium sports shot, uh, shots look very samey. Any suggestions on what I can do to change things up? This happens a lot, though. I think if it's... Um, the thing is, like, if you're shooting things like rugby and football... It's a three-dimensional sport, so it kind of, you know, 
players go different places and there's a lot of places you can actually shoot from and whatnot. I mean, you should be able to actually probably dig in a bit deeper and shoot something a bit different. But as I've actually said this before, I've been shooting soccer, no football for a while now. And like, I think it's not a loss of creativity. I'm just really bored with the entire sports already because of the fact that it's the same shit and it's same people and nothing is really different unless there's like a really big event there's a big upset or someone does something crazy but those are few and far between and for me when i think that i'm in a bit of a rut i usually like change the position where i shoot from that's the easiest thing to do like it doesn't cost you any money and i just shoot it from a different angle completely because then you see things from a different perspective like with a different vantage point really you get things that are different from where you usually shoot from and that does help a lot um, if you're used to shooting from right next to the goal like if you're shooting soccer try the side you know and that would actually solve a problem I mean it's not as exciting as actually shooting from uh, next to the goal but yeah I mean it's a different perspective altogether the other thing probably is to switch lenses with your location changing as well. It's much easier to shoot with a long lens because things will be not so far, but if you're shooting with a wide angle lens and if you're shooting from the side, you got to be quite creative and like start thinking about where I can shoot, which situation I will shoot. Or for instance, like if there's a player coming right by you or right next to you when you're shooting wide angle, that'll be a really cool thing to do. But those things don't happen that often either. It's a matter of luck. So what I can at least say to you is that, yeah, I think changing location and changing lens would be a good start. Yeah, don't beat yourself up to it. Too, uh, um, don't beat yourself up about it so much, but be very, very aware and that you're taking the same shit all the time. You have like you have to kind of like push yourself out of your comfort zone and try something different. I think, yeah, changing positions and lenses is what I do. Um, a good example, I, I've been shooting a lot of hockey. Like I shot all of the preseason and I've shot most of the games so far this year. So I don't know, maybe like 12 games or something like that so far. The last couple games um, were teams that I had already shot, you know, both obviously the Sharks and the visiting teams before. So I always shoot hockey with my 70 to 200 but then i have another camera with me and that either has a fisheye on it sometimes it'll have a 24 1.4 sometimes it'll have i don't know 85 1.4 you know any long prime that i can get like a good portrait with and this time i brought my 300 which isn't even big enough to fit through the hole in the glass but if you're not using the whole frame you can get really isolated really close up portraits with almost completely uh, non-distracting backgrounds because you're shooting at minimum focus distance with 300. So that was fun. Um, I definitely made fewer pictures than I would have made if I had a different lens with me, but it was cool and it was a good change of pace. Two days later, I went and shot with a 24 1.4, which is really only going to be useful if everybody is right along the boards in front of me, you know, that's a good challenge and it definitely will get you out of doing the same thing over and over again. If you're constantly having to adjust to different gear, the other advice is definitely if what you're shooting isn't inspiring you, 
then you should try to shoot other things also dogs and whatever is definitely something different but it could be a different sport or it could be people or it could be portraits or something you know there's there really is only so much you can do on a field sport when you're 30 yards away from the action and it might actually be a good thing to like go and shoot amateur version of your sport because then you can get a lot closer and have better access and you can just do so much more like i i cannot really stress like I understand that people who are just starting to shoot sports, they really want to shoot the big events, you know, the World Cup or the Super Bowl or whatever. What you can do in an amateur sport with better access is you cannot beat that one at all. Like you just can't. And you get so much more involved in it because there's so much more to shoot. I would really rather do that if I can, you know, because that's more interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you can actually, if you have access to some sort of amateur sports, give it a go on that one and see what you can actually do. So Kevin, Kevin asked this uh, seven months ago. Is it me or is there a movement among professional sports teams to hire photographers who create over-filter photos? Yes. I'm not saying these photographers are bad, but they have a different style than the traditional sports photographers of the past. They're definitely not photojournalists, but more Photoshop creators. Will this style of photography a trend or a fad? These are local photographers who do some excellent work that I would suggest that would fit this new style of photography. So I'm just clicking on this. Yeah, it's Photoshop. And I can answer this question. I don't know if these are the ones that Kevin is asking about, but like the, the NHL has a job and I, I just asked what it was called and I don't remember because it was something really like kind of gross um something content social content creator or social content contributor or something like that you can get these jobs with all of the leagues i think i think the the kid who does the sharks when i do them also does giants and maybe the 49ers i don't know but you know he's in college and so he shoots games sometimes with a real camera sometimes with a phone you know he has an ipad with him and he just transmits live to the nhl and they have use of all of his pictures and they can use them for you know like social media updates during the game or in between games or if they're honoring a player he gets fan pictures and signs and whatever so it just goes into this big data bank i guess of of pictures that the NHL has access to. And I don't know what those jobs pay. It can't be, it can't be great, but those pictures are instead of game action after game action, after game action, they can have people who, who can get like the full experience or whatever, and then have those pictures to use for websites and sales and banner ads and whatever else they want to. And I just, I don't really think it has anything to do with what we're doing. If you'd use that as a stepping stone to becoming a professional sports photographer, you could keep doing it like that. It's just a different thing. I had a, I had a con, if I've had a conversation, I don't think I had a conversation with you about the fact that like, there's a lot of Instagram people like shooting sports now. So Instagrammers have been hired by firms like Nike and Adidas and Puma and whatever, and they would shoot sports. The thing is, the reason they're doing it is, A, they have a lot of followers, like a lot of followers, like maybe maybe not in the millions, but a couple hundred thousand, you know? So they're basically using their name to promote their stuff, and that's about it. Because if you look at their stuff, they're absolutely, in most cases, 99% of the time, they're horrendous. 
They're just bad. This is a trend, but this is a trend. Trend will go away. And at some point, it will go to another direction, which we don't really know at this point. And the only thing I can really say is that I can only do what I can do in the way I do it. And I'm not going to start doing it in a different way that I just, I don't want to like take shitty pictures. And I find it, that's kind of like how things are going right now. I don't believe this is going to last forever, but it will last some time because this is how the business is set up. You want as many views as possible for your brand. Therefore, you're going to ask a Instagram to actually shoot a big match for them, even though they suck. It was quite apparent when I went to PSG to do that shoot for Mbappe and I actually met with the creative director of that place and they were saying like, yeah, we actually got this like people who shoot, who don't shoot football. We actually have them working for us. And I went to look at their PSG stuff and it's just shit. It's not even artistic. So you have to kind of like, you know, see it quite objectively, whether or not a photograph is good or not. And something good is always going to be good. And something that people are going to stop and look at without like any names attached to that particular photo will always be a very, very good photo. So I think you just have to keep on, you know, getting better at what you do and try not to like get too caught up on like if this kind of photography will be something that is going to stay for the rest of eternity that's my take on the whole thing that's it so thanks for the questions and if you want to ask more questions please go to patreon.com brfs and give us money and ask us a lot of questions Think we only say bad things about sports photography? Yes. You say we got no soul? No. Uh, no. We're gonna prove you wrong or right with cross time to hold your fellow sports photographers' hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy or not. Petapixel just had an article about the winners for Red Bull Alum of a non-traditional sports shot heavily manipulated <laughs> and uh, made into a picture so the winner is is a surfing one that's that one the i think the surfing one is really good i think the, the one the one where he's in the the pipe and like the reason this picture is so good is you have so much detail of the surfboard and him you don't need to use your imagination about about what the surfer looks like or what he's seeing or whatever this is about as close to surfing as you're ever going to get without doing it this is just a fantastic picture really you have the the sun coming through the top and then you have the it's real murky down below it's crazy yeah um it's really just a perfect picture these other ones though this one of the the eclipse that's a dog shit picture like that's a fine it's of the sun or you know like getting that is fine but the the way that the light is not on the front of the cyclist there it makes it look like a bad strobe picture this is not a good picture like i read in the comments on this apparently like it's a composed picture because uh, they wow. said it's not yeah, possible to actually take this picture it, why is it raw? at that location at that time or is it raw means something else it's even worse you know so okay i think it raw and the red bull loo means something else this this is not sports photography you know, this, this one of the frozen biker or whatever, like they, I'm not even going to talk. That's, that's graphic design. Um, 
so the one of the the black and white of the guy <laughs> with the in the skate park with the with the bike like the shadow part of it is cool but the actual part of it where he's the shadow that's not cool you know like there's a better version of this mm. picture it probably was a little bit earlier than than this it was like a little bit to the left he would have been straight up along the lip of that and the shadow would have been before that little bump that's nitpicking. It's an interesting picture, but it's not perfect. I don't think it's an award-winning picture. This other one, this this mirror one looks like that can't be real. It's better. Like there's one that uh, the mud is cool. The one I really liked was the. Do you see the one that you go down? It's the skateboarding guy. But I don't really know like how that is done or like if it's composed. Yeah, this is. Like, we shouldn't have it's... chosen this one because this isn't this isn't like real photography. I don't know. I don't even like this one of the trees. Because that part of it is really cool, but then the just putting a guy on a bike in there, I don't know. I'm definitely not the target for these kind of bike and skateboarding pictures for sure, but that's just not a good picture. Um, the only one in here that I really like other than the surfing one is the, is the bike I think, going through the mud. Um, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, but that's really cool. But I think it's, uh, I think the outside sports, outside sports thing. What is it called? Yeah. Action sports? Or extreme or whatever. It has like more to do with the environment than anything else, right? It's always yeah. the case, isn't it? Like it's always, always, always the environment. They've stuck to this. Like it's the same thing for climbing as well. There you can see like for there's a climbing picture of like dudes resting. What? <laughs> like give me a break. So it's the, the people are not doing anything amazing or interesting. Right, like you see all these, like, uh, like what the actual athletes are doing in any of these pictures are something that probably happens, it's like you know, dribbling in basketball or throwing a football in American football or passing in 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 soccer. Like, it's very mundane things that people are doing, but they just like put these people in a environment that looks cool and say, "Hey, here's a shot." And to me, that pisses me off more than anything else because that's not how this is we're not doing like it's like landscape photography with a smidgen of human in it it seems to me like it's all backwards like those kind of pictures one in every 10 would be amazing in the real world you know like the one that's inside of my head right you could be like a ski photographer and do like seven action pictures and two pictures of them getting ready or something like that. And then the payoff is this ridiculous landscape with them soaring over, you know, 30 feet above the slopes or something like that. Like one picture out of 10. If you don't do 10 out of 10 that are like that, then people are like, yeah, you're doing it wrong. Very strange to me that, and it's never changed. And uh, it's it's a strange thing. I don't really quite understand either, but that they're all kind of like stuck in this thing. Like, for instance, like the magazines, I just like worked for a magazine called Gym Climber, which does like indoor climbing thing. And they said that like they like the way I actually see climbing more than what the other people do, because it's like climbing. It's always like, you know, where you're climbing is more important than what these people are doing the fact that they don't really concentrate on the humans but like they just concentrate on the location to me like it doesn't make that much and it's all the same that's really bothers me more than so it's like let me just like find the most interesting location we're just gonna ask some skateboarder or bmx guy to say hey just like go and like you know do some shit and <laughs> that's it but that's 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 the whole point like that oh my god it does really irritates me to no end these things 
I can't, I can't, I don't know. There's nothing more for me to say because I think it's, um, and it's the same shit all the time. I mean, I think the, the surfing thing, like Matt is absolutely excellent because you see it. You see like the guy, because I think the guy for me at least occupies a little bit more than 10% of the actual photo maybe 30 but the rest of the photo is like less than 10 percent. it's like oh yeah there's like a nice location i'm just gonna put this guy in that's it good god yeah it's like an emoji it's like you know it looks like an instagram story and then you put an emoji in it that's the picture with the, with the trees oh. and the bike underneath it. It's, There's no like innovation. But you should definitely go look at these pictures. This is what happens when mostly this is just a technology show off, I think. Mm. And that's fine if you want to do all of that. But that's just not, that's not what we're about. No. This is not. Because I think you have to, you're not a photo, Photoshop guy. You're a photographer before you're a Photoshop guy. You know, you're not an illustrator, you're a photographer. It's not interesting after a while because it's the same thing over and over and over and over. I would like for this industry to at least be a bit more progressive and thinking a bit more ahead and thinking about different things and doing and trying different things, you know, and not just like really sticking to this like one thing that this is action sports, period. So that was Red Bull Illum. It's not Illum, it's Illum 2019. And that's, that's, that's it. That's it for episode 80. With that, we end the 80th episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob, our wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, extraordinary producer. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you will not miss our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, Please donate to us at patreon.com slash B-L-F-S. And that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash B-L-F-S. To recap, patreon.com, uh, Facebook, website, and just give us some more love. Rinse, repeats, and lots of more. See you next month. <laughs> Wow, it's 80. I'll do it again. 3, 2, 1. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, BA on this. Um, so, we're gonna have a look. Man. It's what, like, you know, but, and what? Um, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, it's me then. Uh, uh, who don't you know um, you're not a you know but like it's just it's they they I'm not saying it's like a, I think it's um that's quite a, that's a dog shit picture